Welcome to the FDN Thrive Podcast. We interview leaders in the functional health space who bring you the most up-to-date, cutting-edge information for people who have tried it all for their health issues. We hope you enjoy the show. Your body has been gifted with the wonderful ability to heal itself under the right conditions. And I hope through diet, exercise, mind, body, reducing the toxic overload and starting to regain control of your health, that you'll be in a situation where you feel empowered that you know what to do in case something were to happen to you. All right. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the FDN Thrive Podcast. My name is Evan Transu, aka Health Coach Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. Now, before we get into who we are interviewing, I would like to start off with something different. At the end of this podcast, I always ask the people who really like this information and are enjoying it to rate the podcast on Apple um, or iTunes Podcasts. I don't even know what they're calling it now. I think it's Apple Podcasts, right? Leave a five-star review if you like it. And you know what? A lot of you do that. Increasingly so, actually. And we really appreciate it. But you know what? I believe in giving before taking. So yes, I can make the argument that the giving is the information on this podcast, the fact that we don't have sponsorships, sure. But you know what? Maybe I should recognize some of the nice people that have left a review and said some kind words. And so I'm going to do that today. This one's from T Mac Willie. <laughs> it's W-I-L-L-I. And her title was One Can Wish. Then her paragraph was, I only wish I would have known about FDN years ago. After thinking there was no hope left in my fight for natural healing, I found FDN. I had searched high and low, done all I knew to do, and ended up feeling alone and discouraged, not to mention worse in my mind and body. I am so thankful for all that I continue to learn through FDN and the different ways you guys give hope, including through these podcasts. God bless you all. Well, God bless you, T-Mac Willie. We very much appreciate that. Now, here's a little information about who we are interviewing today. On the agenda today is a pretty big name in the natural space. We have Dr. Eric Zielinski, who is the author of the national bestseller, The Healing Power of Essential Oils and the Essential Oils Apothecary. Dr. Z has pioneered natural living and biblical health education since 2003. Trained as an aromatherapist, public health researcher, and chiropractor, Dr. Z started NaturalLivingFamily.com in 2014 with his wife to help people learn how to use natural remedies like essential oils safely and effectively. Now visited by more than 3 million natural health seekers every year. That is no small number. Congratulations, folks. NaturalLivingFamily.com has rapidly become the number one online source for biblical health and non-branded essential oils education. I thought the biblical aspect of this was very interesting. I'm someone who studies all aspects of religion and spirituality. I have on my bookshelf uh, over to the right, plenty of things on mindfulness, some stuff on Qigong, Bhagavad Gita, Bhagavad Gita, I'm sorry, and the Holy Bible. So I am not a biased person. FDN is certainly not biased. We have people from all over the world and all different backgrounds within our organization. I do not even feel like I should have to justify that. It's very sad that we live in a world right now where I feel like I do. But just because we are having someone on that promotes the Bible does not mean we are promoting their religion or not promoting others. It also does not mean we are not promoting his religion or promoting others, okay? This is not about that. What it is about is interviewing people who have real results and have great information to share with people. Really, in my opinion for this podcast, the biblical stuff was not even a huge part of the talk, but it is in there. And guys, I don't care if you're, you know, 
uh, representing Islam, you're an atheist, you're a Buddhist, whatever. If you're good to other people and want to talk about functional health, hop on the podcast. Sounds good to me, okay? <laughs> Just got to get that off my chest. I hope that this is a crowd that maybe you're thinking, well, that's ridiculous, Ev. You didn't have to say that to me. I'm hoping and praying, no pun intended. Um, that wasn't funny at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> that I don't have to do that. But in today's climate, I feel like I have to. Very sad. Let's move away from that and get to being able to talking um, about things objectively. That would be wonderful, wouldn't it? Now, I know no one wants to hear this. You'll want to hear the podcast with Dr. Z. And he is a fantastic and captivating speaker. So without further ado, let's get to the interview. Hey, Dr. Z, thanks so much for being here with us today. Well, thank you for having me. It is an honor and a privilege, and I think I have the esteem honor of being one of the first, if not the first person talking about essential oils. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that is very true. I think this is going to be uh, cool, and it's one of my favorite parts about working with FDN and doing this. I learn so much from these awesome people, and essential oils is something that's lacking for me, you know. And I know that there are good versions of these, and not necessarily bad, but just maybe fake or they're not done correctly. Or I don't know if the dosage is messed up, but I know that there are real scientific studies backing up the therapeutic benefits of that. So I'm excited to get to that eventually in today's podcast for sure. Um, the thing I'd like to start off with most though, is just getting to know a little bit about you and your story, because from my understanding, you've had some health challenges in your life. So um, let's go back, man. I mean, when did these health challenges start for you and what did they look like? Well, in the beginning, you had a young boy born in 1980. And the climate and the lifestyle that people were adapting to in the 80s was much different than what it is now. And a lot of people can recognize that. I was born in a, just outside of Detroit, Michigan. And I was a sick kid. I mean, I was a sick kid ultimately from birth. And when I say that, I'm very respectful in the fact that I, I didn't have lupus. I wasn't at the Ronald McDonald house. I didn't have cancer. But I was chronically unwell, like even to the point when I was a baby, I, I was so big, I was so fat that the doctor, because my mom was was feeding me with formula and whole milk, the doctor put me on a diet and said, you got to put this kid on 2% milk. Like that might sound crazy, but that's kind of what started my health challenges. And next thing you know, young boy, chronic ear infections and, and strep throat and, you know, things just weren't working for me overall, but a lot of antibiotics a lot of gut issues. Next thing you know, I'm a young teenager. I started to develop cystic acne and that became completely uncontrollable. And in the middle of that, between being fat kid to kid with acne was a lot of just standard American diet stuff. I mean, we just did my mom and dad again, did what a lot of people did in the eighties and nineties and fed us whatever food that seemed to be appropriate, but a lot of meat products, a lot of, you know, pasteurized dairy products. And I, didn't really have a lot of good health. And I'll never forget being curled over with gut issues like gas and bloating when I was in ninth and 10th grade in biology classes. And the only time I think of this story is when I do interviews like this, but I vividly remember being curled over in pain because, you know, again, being a young adult, you don't want to pass gas in a classroom and now you have acne and are already dealing with social phobia anyway. But just remember really suffering every day after lunch, not thinking oh, maybe it's because of what I'm eating. I mean, that thought never came to me. It was never like, oh, I'll just go to Pepto-Bismol. There must be something wrong with me why I can't digest this cheesy bread, junk, chicken stick thing, whatever I was eating at lunch. And 
my mom and dad advised, and we went to a dermatologist about my acne. I ended up getting on Accutane, which some people know as a suicide drug. And you know what? Lo and behold, a couple of years later, I really started to dive deep into depression, anxiety. I, I, I actually started to abuse narcotics. I was an alcoholic as a young adult, and suicide became a thought to me. And I wasn't suicidal in the fact that I actually attempted suicide, but I, I developed what's known as suicide ideation, the contemplation of thinking. Like I actually started to imagining what that would look like, start to finish, and all these things, which is not healthy for a 21-year-old to do. And so at that point, I started having chronic pain. I started back issues. Like it might sound crazy, but I went to a neurologist at one point and because my brother advised it because he was budding in, you know, as a budding growing medical field professional. And he's like, you should look at what's wrong with your back. And I'll never forget this guy. He took an MRI, my back and said, what did you do? You have a spine of, you have a spine of a 50 year old. And that's what was my life going from pill to pill, self-medicating with narcotics and alcohol and smoking a pack of cigarettes a day, just to get through this just mental, emotional, spiritual torment that I was suffering through. And ultimately what defined me was a, a young man without purpose, a young man who really had no idea how to take care of myself. And, and I had this spiritual transformation, which, you know, when you read in my bio, this, this Bible health mentality of like, I really had no idea who I was. And I had no idea what my purpose was and why I was alive. And that drove me to a point where I was very much confused, very much in a dark place. You add some, you add some physical pain, gut issues, social phobias in there. You add some, you know, abuse from childhood, and I was a wreck. And then I met Christ, and I had a spiritual transformation. And my mentor at the time says, "Eric, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. You have to take care of it. It's your act of God. It's a worship. It's an act of worship to God." And that was groundbreaking for me. And that was 18 and a half years ago, actually almost to the day, 18 and a half years ago to when we were filming and recording this podcast. And that I've been on a journey to one by one by one be healed of all those things that ailed me. And I will say, by the grace of God, I am free. I haven't had, I haven't smoked. I haven't gone back to drugs. Um, I'm healthy as I've ever been at 41 years old, strong, mentally well, have a wonderful marriage with five beautiful children. And at the core of it is this Bible health ministry that ultimately I've learned to have faith-based principles on how to take care of myself and that birth this global ministry that we now serve millions of people every year. This is awesome. And there's so many things in that story that I'm already like connecting with, because as you know, Dr. Z, I mean, you've been in this space for a while. It is really underrepresented with males, you know, and I'm not really sure why that is. I mean, women have way more autoimmunity. Um, they seem to get sicker overall with like these minor symptoms, but they're minor symptoms that nag, right? And when they accumulate, they're very um, traumatic and very annoying. So I definitely get that. But I don't know the reason. But besides the point is, it's just odd to me because when I'm hearing your story, it's like we must have the magic formula or something for <laughs> getting males involved in this because minus the weight stuff, man, I had just about everything else you said, you know, from a very young age. And the cystic acne was extremely motivating um, in the sense of like wanting to do something about this. And I thank God that I filled the Accutane prescription. And I don't mean to seem dramatic, but like this really is what happened. I sat in the car, I took it out of the little thing. 
And I just had this moment where I sat for like 30, maybe even 60 mm. minutes. And I'm like, I can't do this. And mm-hmm. I, was, I was so scared. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't end up doing it. Um, but I totally understand uh, the desire. And um, I just definitely understand the desire and action of doing something like that, right? Because when you got cystic acne, man, that's a tough thing to explain to people. That is, it's all you think about all day long. You know what I mean? Especially when you don't have any hope. And I think that's mm-hmm. important that there is a reason for every situation that someone's in, whether it's emotional, whether it's spiritual, even financial, like you you just don't wake up broke. You just don't wake up and you get divorce papers. You know, close friend of mine just got divorce papers from his wife and it hit him out of the blue. And I mean, really just like completely thrown through a loop, like sometimes, but you know, when you look at health conditions, these things take time. Of course, we're not counting acute infection or accidents or falls. All really underlying what we're talking about here is chronic health issues. And that's really why my new book, The Essential Oils Apothecary, tackles chronic conditions because it's chronic disease, chronic issues that really rob us of the abundant life. And it might start with a nagging you know, joint issue. It might be, yeah, I don't get the best sleep today. It might be, oh man, I'm just kind of like wired a lot or emotionally wired. I I don't, I can't settle. I can't find peace. And if these things don't resolve, they channel into other stuff. That's why type two diabetes will lead to obesity. That's why chronic inflammation will lead to cancer That's or autoimmunity. That's why one chronic condition will lead to another. So when you're in your 60s, it's virtually impossible right now to find anyone in their 60s or 70s not on a plethora of medication for everything. And you got these uppers and downers and things, and we're basically walking around chemical soup, not counting the things that we're putting on our bodies, body care, which is something I very much specialize in because it's so important. And no one's talking enough about what you're breathing in, what you're putting on your body. Women, what are you licking and swallowing in your lipstick? right? So this a mindset that I have the ability to change things around me. It takes you from the victim mindset to the victor mindset. And that is one thing that if someone gets from this talk is you are not a victim of your circumstances. You are not a victim of your biochemical buildup. You're not a victim of your heredity, your genetics. We already know that through the science of epigenetics and how we eat, how we live, how we manage stress, the natural therapies we go to instead of maybe automatically going to the antibiotic every time we get a sniffle or that whatever allergy aid every time you get a, you know, whatever it might be. It's a mindset shift. And once people start on that path, we call it the abundant life. I mean, I take that quote from Jesus in the Gospel of John, like there is this abundant life that I believe is our true God-given heritage. It's truly what we could do. Not that we're all supposed to look like supermodels and be cajillionaires and have lots of money. And no, no, you know what? It's a relative thing to say I have abundance. But the reality is to be emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically well, feeling good, like waking up with a decent amount of energy and going to bed without having to take a handful of pills, like being able to go on your hands and knees and play with your grandson without being in excruciating pain. I mean, we look at blues zones. We talk about this a little bit in my book. 
we talk about the blue zones, those areas of the world where there are most concentration of centarians, meaning these people live to 100 and they have the longest life expectancies. And you see commonalities with all of them. And you're like, well, why is it that these people in this group, by the way, there are some in America, Loma Linda, California. So just don't, it's not just for the Japanese or it's not just for people in Costa Rica. It is what makes these people different in these communities that they are healthy and they live long. Well, they're basic principles that somehow we've lost along the path of industrializing, scientifically changing everything in our life. We've lost our roots. We've disconnected from nature. And the more that we go back to nature and the more we go back to what I believe is God's design, the more that our body responds well and regenerates itself. This is a really, and I told you this before we started, it's a really interesting route and perspective to take on this podcast. And I want to explore it like a little more. When you are having this moment of the spiritual moment where you're realizing, hey, some things got to change, I just want to go back in the story and be clear. Was that really the first thing that changed your trajectory of looking into more natural things or was there something before that? And I guess what I'm getting at really is how do we go from this kid that's dealing with all this stuff, you know, abusing the drugs and alcohol, smoking cigarettes, chronic pain now, spine of a 50-year-old, what is the full transformation from there to you know, not being there and actually getting into the natural health space. Because I'm sure if you're a kid dealing with all this stuff, you're not thinking about, oh, I can't wait to go be a doctor of chiropractic when I get older. Like, how do we get there? What happened was interesting. And something that I find happens to a lot of people is that I was just living my life and I was just doing my thing. And one thing after another, depression, anxiety, stress, suicide, those are the things that just really just lifted off me by the grace of God immediately. It was like, poof, gone. Like having purpose, having love, feeling love, unconditional love for the first time. It was like, wow. But the gut issues, the pain, the physical pain, like some of the fit, the skin, I still today, I have acne prone skin. So obviously there was irreparable, maybe not, but gut damage when I was a kid, never breastfed, antibiotics, a lot of things that I think people need to walk out for quite a while, but I still even have now, if I be, don't be careful, I'll break out. And, and, and ultimately, by the way, those are good things. Pain is a good thing. Acne is a good thing. These things are good things in the sense that they let you know something's wrong. And so it, these are red flags to say, hey, you got to fix something. So I take that as a good sign, like, oops, maybe I slipped up. Maybe I go, go back to the basics. But the reality was I was so on fire for this new way of life. I loved it. You know, I was really getting into the Bible. I was becoming just more spiritually mature, knowing my purpose in life and realizing that we, I am a holistic being, my spirit, my soul, my body. And I just started helping people, sharing with people. Like I, I remember being at work. I was a in the financial advising space for a few years before I became, before I quit my job to become a chiropractor. I remember going to work with my green juice that I freshly juiced charred kale, spinach. Like this was the most disgusting juice and no offense to green juice drinkers. It, it's not tasty. It was disgusting. And I still think it's disgusting, but I'll drink it just to drink it sometimes. But this was like <laughs> disgusting green juice. It wasn't even apples. I was hardcore. Anything green, it was in there. And I walk in the door, my friends at work be like, what's in your juice today, Eric? Making fun of me because when I cracked open the lid, it made my whole office stink like green juice. Well, who do you think they went to when they got sick? And no joke, they went to me like, Eric, you know, I'm not feeling good. What What do you think? Like I started coaching people, helping people. Not that I was their doctor, but 
they went to me as a source of hope, of help, because they hit the wall. They didn't know what to do. And they went to the crazy green juice guy in the very similar way a lot of us might go to the whole foods person in the supplement aisle. Like I used to get my advice from those people. By the way, those people are brilliant. Those people are brilliant. They devote their life to this. So it really was there that I just found purpose in helping people. And I did this for free. I do what I, I have the best job in the world because I do what I do now and I get money for it to provide for my family. But I was doing this for free years ago when I was in the finance world. And then kind of through a bizarre set of circumstances, I, I felt the door open. My wife and I prayed about it and we're like, you know what? Yeah, let's let's start a health center. Like, why don't we do something like this? Like, why don't we have a, a platform where we could help people more professionally? Very bottom line is like, why don't we do something that makes more meaning in life instead of me making someone else money in the finance world, doing something that didn't have a lot of meaning behind it? Why doesn't our work have purpose? And that was revolutionary because my dad, he, you know, he was a truck driver. My mom never went to college. You know, she was an accounts payable clerk. Like I was the first person in my family to become a doctor. Um, I, I mean, no joke. My dad told me when I quit finance, like I was making the worst decision of my life because I had quote six figure earning potential. He's like, Eric, you, you hit the gold mine, six figure potential at your job. Like, why would you quit your job to become a chiropractor? Like why take that risk at 29 years old when you have a kid? And that was the legacy that I was given. And I bless my dad. He worked hard. He was a hardworking man. But the reality is he never took risks. And I didn't have that in me as a child to say, you could do anything you want to do. No, it was like, take the safe route, get a good job. Hopefully you get a pension. Well, my generation, there is no pension. My generation, you have to take care of yourself. My generation is, well, maybe not generation, but my faith is maybe I can actually love what I do and do what I love. So ultimately, I chased after this dream of opening up a health center, and my wife and I moved down to Atlanta, Georgia to, to study chiropractic, and next thing you know, I fell in love with research, and that kind of threw me through a loop because I knew I, I was pretty good at writing. I always did good in English class in, in college, but boy, did I love research. So I took the public health track route in school. I actually studied at Emory University, toured my master's degree for a, a couple semesters to get some basics. And I was a published author by the time I graduated school. And that really kind of what launched me into doing what I'm doing now, because I've never practiced a day as a chiropractor, even though I'm a licensed physician, I've never done it. I've, I've just used my skill set to write and educate and help people. And I mean, seven and a half, eight years later, here we are today. Wow, that's awesome. So you've never, you and your uh, wife do adjustments on each other at least? I mean, that's a lot of work to not get some no, benefit from it. No, <laughs> wow, $300,000 in student oh loan debt. Goodness. That's hard to even say out loud. $300,000 in student loan debt. And I took the research track, which I'll never regret doing at the end of the day, because the knowledge and the experience, and I had a great mentor, Dr. Matt McCoy, who mentored me. I was teaching, how cool is it? I was teaching continuing education as a student to doctors. <laughs> That's awesome. That, I, I, I went to Italy to speak at heart disease conferences, and I was at public health conferences all over the country, and it was a wonderful place to be. And I was like, this is so cool. And then the transformation of finding essential oils was bottom line, supply and demand. I mean, there was literally no one doing this online, teaching people how to use essential oils 
without being associated with a brand. So they're every single person online. It's not a criticism. I get it. We have to make money to provide for our families, but there is no source of financially unbiased information online regarding essential oils. There wasn't until I came on the scene. Everyone, and bless their heart, whether they're a multi-level marketing rep or an aromatherapist or someone with their own brand or even linking out to Amazon. Everyone I noticed. And then that's where the idea came to when I reached out to a friend of mine. I'm like, why don't we host an online event and keep it not branded and just talk about essential oils? Because they were super hot. They're very important. And I had my own healing transformation with oils along my path. And my wife, her story is profound. She's been using essential oils since she was 14. She had a chemical burn, literally burned the first three layers of her skin on her face. So she was unbelievably healed by oils. And so oils have been part of my healing journey towards the latter part of my healing journey. And that's really kind of launched me where I'm at today. Because I, I didn't, again, go to school, quit my finance job to be known as an essential oil guru. Again, you don't do that. <laughs> you you, right, you right. follow the path. <laughs> but the path took me to where I'm at today. And my advice to young entrepreneurs and young adults looking to find their purpose and find their place is be flexible. One of my favorite quotes from one of my favorite pastors is, blessed are the flexible for they shall not be broken. So I learned to be flexible. I learned to take advice, unsolicited advice from people that had my well intentions in mind with a grain of salt, because sometimes you got to follow the path that's on your heart necessarily and not do what others want you to do. I love that you're tying this in, man. I mean, seriously, we we relate a lot. One of my uh, favorite quotes is the Jim Carrey thing with his dad, where he talks about his dad was also a brilliant, he, he claims, a brilliant comedian as well, and he chose to a job as an accountant. Now, guys, just to be clear, I would assume this is obvious, but you got to be careful in today's world. There's nothing wrong with being an accountant if that's what you want to do. Exactly. <laughs> his point was exactly. his dad didn't want that. And you know what happened when Jim was a kid? The dad ends up losing the job. They're really struggling financially and all these bad things are happening. And he said he learned you can fail at what you don't want. So you might as well take a risk at doing what you love. You know, you might as well take a chance at doing that. And I'm like, how cool is that, man? Life is way too short um, to not be trying to pursue what we want. And it's cool. I love your transparency in this journey. You know, you're going back to school at 29 for this. You'd spend hundreds of thousands of dollars, literally. And then you still take a different route. And here you are, you know what, man, it worked out. Right. And I think that's what happens when we, when we follow that path and we, and we, well, we have to be able to feel the path first. I think that's a whole separate thing. And that goes back to what you were first saying about the body kind of being a vessel. I think the better we treat it, it seems to me, in my experience at least, the clearer the messages are and the clearer the path um, that I'm supposed to be taking is. That's, again, just my experience at least. I don't know if you've felt a similar thing. We cannot survive today's unbelievably, I don't even know what the word is. I usually don't lose words. There's no word for this right now, what we're going through unprecedented is the word that's now cliche. There's no ability for someone to thrive in this chaotic, unbelievably painful season of human history without having a healthy mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical well-being. There's no way. It's unbelievably burdening. You will get burnt out. You'll suffer. You'll You'll succumb to the pain and the pressure of everything that's around us. 
And there's so much happening right now. It, it's almost impossible to process. Almost impossible to process everything that's happening today. And so it's so important for us to get the foundation set. And really, at the end of the day, the foundation is our body. The foundation is our mental and emotional well-being. In my opinion, the key foundation, the cornerstone, is our spiritual walk with God. And when you get out of balance in any of these areas, everything else suffers. And so, yes, to your point, and I know we're preaching to the choir at this point in the conversation, it's that we all the more need to be looking at how to help our body truly respond well to the physical stressors that are being surrounded that we are being inundated by airborne threats toxins in the body care the food the water so now we have a better opportunity to overcome the emotional stressors and toxins that come our way which will help with the mental stressors and toxins that come our way and it's it's crazy because you know as a christian this message still shocks me, is so foreign to people, where you rarely have people preaching in the pulpit what you're eating. You know, as long as you're praying, as long as you're doing good, giving your money, whatever, you're fine. Well, you can't truly satisfy your God-given purpose in life if you are sick and in bed. Like, as hard as it is, like, I'll never forget a preacher, uh, one, of, one of my pr- first pastors, he literally died. One of those, like, he, his heart stopped for two minutes, and he had a quadruple bypass. He literally ate himself to death, and he came out of that experience completely changed, radically changed. He saw the light. He's like, I'm not going to let this happen to my people. And I remember going to a men's group, going back to what you said about men, my first mentor, my first pastor, these were men of God who were on fire for health. And my pastor literally had to die to see his error. And he apologized to the church for not taking care of his temple. He's like, look, how can I preach when I'm dead? It was, it seems obvious, but we don't think you are what you eat. You reap what you sow. These are spiritual laws. So here I am, 23 years old, in a men's group at my pastor's house, watching Lorraine Day talk about how to heal breast cancer going by going vegan. I mean, what kind of imprint is that leaving? Like, I, I had no choice. Like, this is my path. And my mentor, again, I talked to you about you know, he's still 78 years old. His name is Enoch, the healthiest person I know, not on any pharmaceutical drugs. He could still bench press 250 pounds, run circle around me and my kids. I mean, this was the legacy that God gave me. And like, look, these are your mentors. These are the people. And then when I met my wife, she was on a similar path and this is how things are. And we got married and it was like, this is perfect. Like this is our life or livelihood. This is everything. So Yes, no offense to the accountant. God bless you. And God bless the, you know, the people that do other things that need to be done. Like this is just my purpose, my role. And it's obviously something I'm passionate about. I hope you hear it in my voice. Like I am here for this purpose. And I don't know what someone's purpose is. I don't know what your purpose is. You listening right now. I don't know what it is, but I believe that the world will never be what it could and what it should be until you and I rise up to fulfill that purpose. And it's only when we fulfill that individual purpose, and only we can, because we're unique, like a thumbprint, 
we're unique like a snowflake. It is only when we fulfill that purpose that there will be joy and love and peace. And that to me is the beginning of all of this. Well, we absolutely can hear the passion in your voice. I was actually going to say that to you once we got off the air. I mean, this is great. I absolutely love the energy that you're bringing to an audio podcast, man. We appreciate that very much. Um, and it just it makes it so obvious that this is your path and what you're supposed to be doing. You can't fake certain energies, um, and including the one that you're giving off today. So I want to spend kind of the second half, you know, really diving into this essential oils topic and then obviously your book. So First of all, I know this sounds like maybe overly uh, simplistic, but I think this is important for the audience. Can we just even define what an essential oil actually is? Because I'm going to take a guess that many people probably could not do that. Yeah, good question. Technically speaking, they are volatile organic compounds. Volatile meaning they readily evaporate in ambient temperature and room environments. Vol organic meaning carbon-based. In compound meaning, there are many different chemicals in them. So when you're picking up a bottle of lavender, for example, you're looking at 100 to 200 different plant chemicals in that, like limonene or linalool or pinene or things that we learn in biochemistry class. And so when you put your nose into a rose and you're smelling the aroma, you're literally smelling a physical component that interacts with your olfactory system that has a direct impact on your brain. And that's the wonderful thing about the power of smell is there is no thalamic relay. That's a fancy way of saying the brain does not have to interpret smell. It doesn't interpret smell, which is important because when you, for example, stub your toe against the corner of your, your cabinet or cut your finger when you're chopping you know, carrots or something, there is that split second between damaging your body and feeling pain. Well, that's because the brain through the thalamus has to interpret that sensation. There is no interpretation through the olfactory system. It's the primal, it's the primal sensory input that there is no quicker, more impactful way of changing your brain chemistry than inhaling something. And that cannot be underestimated and overstated. Because when you look at the true, one of the many pandemics that we're dealing with of Alzheimer's disease and autoimmunity and other things that are ubiquitous now across all cultures, we're seeing trends in those areas that have more synthetic fragrances and more chemicals, more quote, dangerous VOCs, those VOCs that are being emitted from building materials and carpets and toxic chemicals. The brain can only process so much and it produces neural inflammation. And there's something known as leaky brain. And this is a direct cause of, of Alzheimer's, dementia. I mentioned autoimmune conditions. Of course, you think allergies and things of that nature, but also cancer. And so we're dealing with something very primal because our limbic system, which has, which is what the olfactory system stimulates, is where our primal mood, our memory, our emotions, that's your primal brain. That's what makes you smell an aroma and you automatically go back to when you're five years old and you're like, oh, that reminds me of grandma's cookies. And, and it's the same neurological imprint. Like you'll have the same emotional output. That, that's wild. Just think about that for a moment. Ever smell something and you're like, oh, you know, the same, oh, I love that feeling that you had 20 years ago when you first smelled that. Well, the same opposite can happen too. And 
whether someone's had an abusive situation or a traumatic situation when there was a certain aroma involved, that also can be elicited. Bad memories, right? Bad emotions. So we also can't discount autonomic function, your heart rate, your breathing rate, all of this controlled by the limbic system in the brain. So that really is the, the epitome of why um, essential oils are so important because unbeknownst to us, living mostly outside in nature, this is so important, mostly living outside in nature for most of humanity's timeline, we were enjoying the beautiful aromatic compounds that are being emitted from the plants. That was just by nature of being alive as a human. Wonderful plant-based chemicals being emitted. Even when you smell freshly cut grass, that aroma is essential oil and there, there are therapeutic benefits to that. And, and the thing that we did, which was very convenient and, you know, who wants to be outside all the time? Who wants to deal with mosquitoes? I get it. I love my house. But the problem is we spend now up to 97 plus percent of our time indoors. So we've completely gotten away from that, what our ancestors have enjoyed since the beginning of time is the constant influx of aromatic compounds that produce good hormone balance, produce anti-inflammatory effects that help the body heal and just feel good. And so how do you bring that inside? Well, essential oils is one of them, but also I don't want to like throw away the importance of essential oil, but kind of funny little tip here. As studies have been done of sharing the effects of what's known as forest bathing, which is really just being outside in forest and just breathing in the wonderful air and just enjoying the experience. You're not hiking. You're not doing anything. You're just outside, just enjoying yourself, being, not human doer. You're a human being again, right? They've done studies comparing people forest bathing versus using the same type of like pine or frankincense or cypress oils inside. And being outside has a more medicinal effect than even using essential oils. Well, who could spend all day outside? I can't, you can't, most people can't. So what we do is we then tap into the healing power of essential oils. We steam distill these things. And ultimately when you get a bottle of lavender, going back to lavender, you're holding roughly three pounds of lavender in that bottle. Like that's even hard to conceptualize because just go out to the lavender field, pick up one little blossom. It's lighter than air. We're talking three pounds of that to get one itty bitty bottle of lavender. So they're purely concentrated plant-based material. And so we see things that there are direct impact, immune boosting, going back to forest bathing, shown to increase natural killer cells, which are heavily responsible in preventing and treating cancer, boosting immune function in a variety of ways, reducing inflammation, helping with mind-body balance, hormone balancing. It's just plant medicine. And the thing that I say with very much respect to my colleagues that specialize in um, nootropics and other brain um, supplements and drugs, is nothing can have the therapeutic effect like an essential oil because you're looking at concentration. So the best example I give is, you know, people in the diabetes space, they're looking at natural therapies to balance blood sugar. Well, yeah, cinnamon powder has been shown to help, but it'll take like a tablespoon or up to two tablespoons of cinnamon powder, which is a lot of cinnamon powder to consume to equal like just one drop of essential oil. That's the concentration. So when I'm talking about essential oils in my new book, I'm treating them like drugs, like having a medicinal effect on the body.
So whether we're covering epilepsy or Parkinson's or libido or erectile dysfunction, we have recipes according to the research that shows how to have a direct physiological response on the body like a pharmaceutical does. And the cool thing is because they come from plants, there are virtually no side effects if you use them the right way. Wow. You can't find a drug on the market that could boast that. So as long as you dilute them properly, follow the instructions that your aromatherapist or my book gives you, these essential oils have a true therapeutic dose that no supplement, that no food, that nothing else can provide other than a drug. And I'll leave you with this cool little tidbit. Like this, these essential oils used to be the mainstay of pharmacy. I mean, kind of why my book is a play on words, The Essential Oils Apothecary. In World War I and World War II, combat medics didn't have the antibiotic. They didn't have antibiotic or antibacterial lopes and, and so, and, you know, lotions and potions. They use essential oils on the front lines to combat gangrene and infection. Lavender, tea tree, lemongrass, clove, oregano. Like that was combat medicine. And so everything shifted in the 40s when the antibiotic came. And it's just been this race to medicinize everything to the point where now people are like, well, maybe let's go back to nature. So it's kind of funny, ironic, so to speak, that here we are in 2021, going back full circle to what our ancestors have used since the beginning of time, because many people, quite frankly, have been failed by medicine or they're looking for a maybe safer approach. This is exactly what I've been looking for when it comes to essential oil research. I need someone that can back it up in a way that this doesn't sound ridiculous or woo-woo. And I don't actually think it, I didn't honestly never thought it was anyway, but you know, this is a really common thing that comes up. And I mean, that was just an excellent explanation. And it kind of leads into my next question of why is it that if we went down the street and talked to a hundred people, so many would think this is like ridiculous, this can't be true, whatever. And then there's a few that have had these life changing transformations such as yourself. Is it people are using this wrong? Are the products crap? Like what's going wrong in society and in the market that so many people would not think twice about these things or even think that they're a scam and a waste of money? I, I think you're asking more of a... I don't even want to call it like a metaphysical question of why society as a whole has shunned nature and has embraced synthetically manufactured science as the solution to everything. I mean, that's really the core. I mean, you got to wonder, like, why is the solution to the pandemic wearing a mask, socially distancing and taking a vaccine? Like that is the solution. Why has there never been any kind of discussion at all about, well, maybe you should think about your diet a little bit. Like we know that people that are obese are most likely to die of COVID. Like you're talking about something that's been ingrained in people. And unfortunately, I, I think it, it starts from bottom or top to bottom. It's like, it's just the message that's being distributed, whether it's a pandemic, whether it's cancer, whether it's you stub your toe. It's just this message that has been repeated, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. I mean, hey, I'm not going to fault any of the medical recommendations against anything, but at least give fair representation to something that might not be medical. And if you really want to get down to it, we could get to like, why? I don't know. I don't want to judge the heart, but I'll tell you, there's not a lot of, med there's not a lot of money in, in what we do. 
I mean, we're talking trillions of dollars in the pharmaceutical industry. We don't have deep pockets like big pharma. So I think there is an unfair representation of research and there is a lack of support in this way. Why? Because we're not making insurance companies money. And ultimately, when someone gets well, they get well. And I mean, this is nice segue too to one of the messages I share in the book is I'm not preaching and trying to get people to use cinnamon bark for the rest of their life to manage diabetes. I'm hoping and praying that through lifestyle changes, and I talk about these exercise, diet, mind-body meditation, diet, 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 I can't stress diet enough, that you actually are cured. Like I don't use cinnamon for diabetes. Why? I don't have diabetes, but I use cinnamon in other ways that I want to because I enjoy it and I know it promotes just anti-inflammatory, healthy, makes me feel better. So I am trying to help people, and maybe it answers your question too, why maybe essential oils have a stigma. I'm not trying to get on people to, I'm not trying to get people to get on essential oils for the rest of their life. I'm trying to help them use essential oils throughout their day to day to bring outside in, to bring the outside healing benefits of just being in nature inside their home and to replace the toxins that are in their body care cleaning products. That's a different paradigm. Like I really don't want people to be using and have to, and this is the way I say it. I don't want you to have to use essential oils. I don't want you to have to be on supplements. I don't want you to have to do anything because that's not well. You're a slave to a supplement. You're a slave to an oil. You're a slave to a drug. There's no difference. I want you to be well. So you don't need any of that stuff. So you can be like my mentor Enoch, 78 years old, healthy. That's possible. I want you to use essential oils because you want to and because they make you feel better. So maybe the stigma is multifold that we're dealing with this huge, huge machine that's pushing people into processed food, processed medicine, come and get your number. Everyone has the same issue, same pill for an ill to this mentality of like, well, you got these other people on the other side of the token, like, hey, there's an essential oil for every cure. We got to use this and say, no, it's, it's so confusing. And I just want to empower people like your body has been gifted with the wonderful ability to heal itself under the right conditions. And I hope through diet, exercise, mind, body, reducing the toxic overload and starting to regain control of your health, that you'll be in a situation where you feel empowered that you know what to do in case something were to happen to you. That's awesome. And I think that's a, you know what, that answer wasn't what I was expecting, but it's a very good one. <laughs> and, you know, you covered a lot of different bases there because it is a top down thing and that's what happens. And yeah, it's not a level playing field. That's one of the, for a different show I used to do, um, I would always talk about leveling the playing field. And my whole thing was just, I want people to have the options. And it sounds like you're in the exact same boat. You know, at the end of the day, I really don't care if you take a pharmaceutical or utilize an essential oil or whatever you want to do for your condition, but not having appropriate representation, as you said, for all the options so that I can make an educated decision for myself, that's not fair, right? That's that's actually wrong. That's completely wrong um, that that's what's going on in today's world. And it's one of the reasons why we love sharing these types of stories on this podcast. So as we're kind of wrapping up here, this is flying by and probably just because I love and listen into this. I don't think we ever got to the specifics necessarily. I mean, I know that we talked about the burn with uh, your wife, but 
you said that the essential oils played a big role in your healing too. I mean, can we get a little more specific on that before we talk about where people can find you um, and order the book? Like, I'd love to know what this did for you specifically. You know what it did? It gave me a medicine cabinet. And so when I started my, when I started on my healing journey, when I went on this holistic lifestyle approach, I, I recognized early on that I really didn't want to fall into the pharmaceutical trap again. And I mean, that was something I was trapped in and I didn't want to get trapped in again. I, I didn't want to go to synthetics, whether it was narcotics or ecstasy or whatever junk that I was doing, even Advil and Vicodin just to get through the pain. I didn't want to deal with that anymore. And so I, I am very extreme by nature. So going from one extreme to all kinds of drugs, I wanted zero. So I had an empty medicine cabinet. Well, that poses a problem because you're going to need something sometimes. Like, what do you need for infection? Or what if you get jock itch? Or what if you get a pimple? Or what if, right? What if you want a little help sleeping at night because you're just stressed and maybe you're not doing the things you need to do throughout the day? I mean, what if you have a tummy ache? I didn't have Pepto-Bismol in my medicine cabinet. So really what life transforming for me is for several years, I would just suffer through. Like I would never take a, a pain med for a headache ever. Like I just was, I'm not going to do it. Even I still won't, but I have other things that works. I know I had nothing, nothing for anything. And so when I found essential oils, it was really because I was a medical writer at the time. And one of my clients commissioned me to write a series of public health reports on essential oils. And now it was literally my job to read hundreds of different trials about blood pressure, blood sugar, potential cancer, fighting chemotherapy effects. And I was like, wow. Like I had my aha moment through the research. I'm like, what else can this stuff do? And then I was like, wow, this stuff can, this is the medicine that I've been praying for. This is the medicine that can fill up my medicine cabinet. And that really was the most empowering thing to me because not knowing what to do is very disempowering, by the way, and suffering through symptoms because you're too afraid of medicine or you're too stubborn for medicine, whichever one you want to call it. That's where I was at. But having now solutions I know that work for me and my family and proof be in the pudding. I will never forget when my baby girl, my first daughter, developed 104 temperature when I was in chiropractic school. And here's my wife who's been doing this stuff for years and years. I'm freaking out. Like, wow, we got to take her to the urgent care. Like, oh, I really don't want to have to go to the urgent care. Like, oh man, what do we do? And my wife's like, no, hold on a second. So she gets some coconut oil in her hand, a couple drops of orange oil, a couple drops of peppermint. It gives my, you know, 11 month old baby girl, a back rub, a foot rub, a head rub with these essential oils. Well, no joke within 20 minutes, that 104 temperature dropped to 101. Like, wow. Wow. Uh, but like things work because that, actually that's proven. It takes roughly 20 minutes for essential oil compounds to circulate through the body, through the bloodstream. I actually talk about that in the book. Like that's transdermal effects and blah, blah, blah. Well, the next day she had a 101 temperature. It, it kind of settled at 101. And I'm like, well, she's not down to 98.6. So we did it again. And she went right back down to 98.6. She went to 98.6. I was like, well, that's cool. Took a couple of days, a few applications. And that's what hit me because most parents, myself included, our instinct is urgent care, like 104 temperature. And they, they even teach us that in emergency procedures at, at chiropractic college. I'm certain they do in medical school too. Like 102 and above, you advise your patients to bring them in the hospital. Why? I don't know. To hydrate them? To do what? Like let the fever run at a point where 
it, it's healthy where the body needs to kill something. That's why it heats up, right? An infection. So anyway, wonderful, like my, my aha moment. And then add a pimple, add an athlete's foot, add some other things, aches and pains along the way. It was like these things started really helping me with those little nagging issues that I just didn't know what to do with and also having them in my medicine cabinet just in case. So ultimately I found out quite frankly today, I rarely, really ever need them. Like really truthfully, we really need them. But when my son fractured his collarbone a couple weeks ago, we have actually something in the book because we have a bone and joint disorder chapter of chronic disease. Like we have a bone strengthening cream that really helps because it helps reduce inflammation so the body can really heal. And, and there's osteoclastic ability in these essential oils that help the body repair. And so my son, like his clavicle healed within two weeks, normally takes four, five, six weeks. I don't know. Do the oils help? Maybe, maybe not. I think they did. And so these are the kinds of things that we have readily available. And this is not even to mention skin conditions and cancers like skin cancers and melanomas and eczema and psoriasis. Like this stuff is easy to fix oftentimes for people when you're looking at essential oil-based topical care. So anyway, that's my story in that it was a transgression over really now still, I'm learning, I'm evolving over these last 18 and a half coming on 19 years. And every so often I learn something new and I just add more tools to my tool chest, so to speak. This is so, I mean, this is just opening up a different, uh, world for me. I've never really talked too much about this. Like I mentioned before, I mean, I'm excited to read your book and that leads me to my final question. Where can people find you? What do you offer? Where can they find the book? Give us all of it. <laughs> oh, thanks. And thank you again for having me. It's been a pleasure. And I hope people really leave this discussion with hope. I mean, truthfully, that regardless of what's happening around us, we do truthfully have the ability to transform our environment and our home and we have a lot more control over our body and our health than maybe we were told that we do. And so you can learn more about this and more about how to use essential oils to help manage chronic disease and conditions anywhere books are sold, the essential oils apothecary. And if you go to eoapothecary.com, we put together a wonderful little gift package, which includes 17 videos that we show you how to make recipes in the book, dozens of recipe cards that you can print out. Like we're just trying to give you the tools that you need to get the most out of this. So go to eoapothecary.com. Well, if you're an avid listener of the podcast, you know I basically just committed a crime by forgetting to ask Dr. Z the signature question of the FDN Thrive podcast, which is what would he do? If he had a magic wand and can get everyone in this world to do one thing for their health. I can't believe it. I am sorry, Dr. Z. I will be reaching out to him, though, and getting an audio recording of that, hopefully, if he's willing to do that. And I'm sure he will be. <laughs> and then we'll produce it as a mini podcast. I got to have those collected. I want to one day compile all of them and maybe put them into like a mega episode. Uh, that will be a lot of work, but definitely can get it done. And so we're going to need his. But anyway, I just want to thank you guys so much for tuning in to yet another episode of the FDN Thrive Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Evan Transum, a.k.a. Health Coach Ev, and we've been talking to the one and only Dr. Z. If you've enjoyed this information and think other people have a right to know that natural options are available so that they can make informed decisions with the health challenges that they're dealing with, then please consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or even sharing this with your network. We would greatly appreciate it.
appreciate it. If you're listening to this at the time of release, we have a holiday weekend coming up in America, 4th of July. So I'll talk to you guys on uh, next Thursday, I guess. I might do a mini release in between then, but next Thursday for sure, we will not be doing a release on Monday, July 5th. And if you're listening to this afterwards, well, you can disregard that and just keep listening as you normally do. (laughs) We'll talk to you guys again soon. Thanks again. And I'm looking forward to the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to the FDN Thrive Podcast. If you feel like you've been stuck in the cycle of trial and error when it comes to your health issues, our team can help. Whether you've tried every different diet out there without lasting success, spent way too much money on supplements at your local health food store, or been told that your lab tests are normal despite feeling anything but normal, we have your back. Go to fdnthrive.com and click the Get Started Here button if you're ready to stop playing guessing games with your health. That's fdnthrive.com. Thrive.